0: we conclude the conference with a subject that is very particular and is applicable to every believer. Whatever stage they are in the experience of life, whatever their experience of the church life may be, there is something essential that is immediately within the range Of our life with the Lord, and that is living in the mingled Spirit. You may recall that when I referred to John 15 about the true vine, I pointed out that Christ said, I am the true vine, and this Christ is now the life giving Spirit. In God's economy. And the branches are the believers who have been grafted into Christ in their regenerated spirit. So the spirit within us, and I'm referring basically to the human spirit, is a mingled spirit. 1 Corinthians 6:17 He who is joined to the Lord is one spirit. The Lord is the spirit. So we may ask the question is our regenerated human spirit human or is it divine? And the answer is yes. We were created with a spirit to contact God and contain God. So our spirit remains human. But the divine spirit, the life-giving spirit, has entered into our spirit joined to our spirit, and mingled with our spirit to become one spirit. And the Lord's spirit, obviously, is divine. So whether you know it or not, or knew it or not, one-third of you already is divinely human. When you exercise your spirit, you are not merely exercising an organ in you personally. You are living and walking, praying and speaking in the mingled spirit. This mingled spirit is the basic matter related to the reality of the body of Christ. We've been using the expression or the word reality quite often. Now we need the briefest of definitions supplied by the word of God itself in 1 John 5, 6. The spirit is the reality. We know from John 16 that the spirit of reality guides us into all the reality. So the spirit, meaning the consummated spirit, is the reality of everything in the divine economy. The reality of the triune God the reality of resurrection, and the reality of the body. So the spirit, which in essence is the reality of the body, is mingled with our regenerated human spirit, so that whenever we are in the mingled spirit, at that moment, we are in the body of Christ, and actually in the reality of the body of Christ. It may be fleeting, because we're all the same. We're in, the Spirit, we're out. We're in, we're out, we're in, we're out, we're in. We're all in this process together. But, We are in the reality of the body of Christ by being in our mingled spirit. Now the outline should make certain important matters clear. And we begin with God's purpose is to mingle himself with us so that he becomes our life our nature, and our content, and we become his expression. This mingling began first with the incarnation of our Lord. He was conceived of the Holy Spirit. So his being is a mingling of humanity and divinity conveyed through the mingled spirit. So Christ himself is the first human being to be mingled with God, to be a God-man. As a note on Luke one thirty-five makes clear, This mingling of divinity and humanity does not produce a third nature that is something in between. It produces one person that has both divinity and humanity, but the divinity and humanity can be distinguished. There's not a blur So Christ himself was brought forth by this mingling. He is a man of mingling. When he reproduced himself in resurrection and brought into being the body of Christ, the body of Christ is the enlargement of Christ as the mingling of divinity and humanity. So God begins with a person, the first God-man, God mingled with man, who through death and resurrection became the spirit to enter into the spirits of God's chosen and redeemed people, causing them to be the increase and enlargement of himself as this mingling. So the result, ultimately, will be a divine human and humanly divine organism called the body of Christ. It's also the one new man. And a certain mysterious development takes place and that is the more God is added to us and the more we are mingled with God. On the one hand, the more divine we become. On the other hand, the more human we become. We become Jesusly human. The most human person I ever met in my whole life was Brother Lee, the most mature yet human in Jesus. And on another occasion, I could tell you some favorite Brother Lee stories which testify of his humanity in the Lord. In the body of Christ, there is nothing religious And there's nothing like weird, odd, um, some indefinable third thing, a quasi-angelic being floating around. The more the Lord saturates us, we partake of him as the God-man, Yes, the more we are divine, in the sense that we have the divine life in nature, but not the Godhead. But in another sense, we have the humanity of Jesus. And this eventually makes the church life so endearing. Because the brothers and sisters are so human, but not naturally. Naturally. And so there's nothing peculiar about their spirituality. So everyone becomes approachable and contactable, just as the Lord himself was. So God wants to mingle himself with us. He becomes our life, our nature, and our content. And we become his expression. A says in his economy, God mingles Himself with us to become one entity with us. There again is first Corinthians six, seventeen. He who is joined to the Lord is one spirit. This is an awesome reality. To realize that in our spirit, we're something more than just human. We are divinely human in the mingled spirit. And this is where the reality of the body of Christ is. So let's say you're just beginning the journey. Christ has not had the opportunity yet to make his home in your heart. You're in the second stage of the experience of life, just where you should be right now. But you don't have to wait till you're 87 and rapture ready to touch the reality of the body of Christ. It's in your mingled spirit. And whenever we are in the mingled spirit together, we are in the reality of the body of Christ together because that's what it is and that's where it is. Okay. B says, we may be saved to such an extent that we and God are completely mingled as one, having one life and one living. So, with the vine, the vine and the branches have one living. The life that is in the vine flows into the branches, it flows through the branches. The vine is living through the branches, and the branches are living by the vine. It's one organism. Now, Roman numeral 2. The body of Christ is the enlargement of Christ, the God-man, the one who is the mingling of God and man. One of the most crucial utterances in Brother Lee's ministry is this word mingle. And our use of it is based somewhat, not entirely, on the type of the meal offering in Leviticus 2, where there is fine flour, and added to the fine flour is oil. The oil and the flour are mingled to make the loaf. So the mingling produces a single entity, but the oil and the flour are distinct, but they're not separated. So the Lord Jesus, I repeat and emphasize, Himself was the God man, God mingled with man. Now here's an illustration from the gospel that emphasizes his humanity. That's Luke. In chapter 7, the Lord comes into the city of Nain and there is a funeral procession taking place. The only son of a widow Has died. You just imagine the level of grief there. She's already a widow. So everything is invested in her only son. Now, in his youth, he dies. And the body is carried not in a coffin, but on a bier, a rack. So the Lord sees this, and he's moved with compassion for the widow. So he stops the funeral procession and addresses the dead son and raises him up and gives him back to his mother, To the amazement of all. Well, this action, was it divine or was it human? The answer really is yes. The Lord is responding in His humanity. He is not performing this miracle to kind of exhibit mighty power, and astound people, he is caring for a grieving widow. But he carries out this action by divine power. So the divinity with its power is exercised through his humanity. And Luke, that gospel particularly emphasizes compassion. Even in the teaching in chapter 6, the Lord says, be filled with compassion, even as your heavenly Father has compassion. According to the parable, we all know, concerning the son who went astray, The father is not sitting formally in his study waiting for the son to come and bow down to him. He's full of compassion and runs to meet him. Our God is a running God, full of feeling. And compassion is a very deep emotion. Your whole being is stirred. It's much deeper than mercy. So here is the God-man, there in Luke 7, the mingling of divinity and humanity, moved with compassion in his humanity, exercises the power of his divinity to conquer death, so that a widow may have her son again. Isn't he a wonderful person? The body is the enlargement of such a person. On the first level, on the level of nature, it's an enlargement of divinity and humanity mingled together. But as this takes place, the the divine attributes are then expressed as human virtues and through human virtues. And there's no life on earth like this. It's not only the life of Jesus, who walked the earth so long ago, Jesus is living again. He's living again in his body, this divine human life. And the body life has many striking characteristics One of which is, we love one another, we serve one another, and we care for one another in this divine humanity. It's not natural. The body of life doesn't allow the natural affection, but it's wide open to the humanity of Jesus that's expressing his divinity. There is no entity on the earth like this. I say again, and there's a classic footnote at the beginning of Acts 28, that Paul, being the pattern, was Jesus living again and his divinely enriched humanity. This is what the body life looks like when you meet it. It's not simply in meetings, although it is. It is a total living involving all-inclusive tender care in which we are all learning to live the life of a God-man through the mingling of divinity and humanity. Another definition of the reality of the body of Christ is that it is the corporate God-man living. So now it's Jesus living again and his divinely enriched humanity in a corporate way. The body life is 24-7. That's like your human life is constant. Your heart doesn't beat most of the time. It doesn't take breaks. So the body of Christ is a living organism that is living constantly. And God's intention is that every aspect of our human life, become part of this body life. So we have one life and one living that is increasing as the mingling is increasing. In the book, The Experience of Life, there is a chapter on knowing the will of God. And Brother Lee says some quite amazing things. And one of the things he says is, this is talking about God's great eternal will. God's will is to mingle himself with you. That is God's will. If you want to know God's will for your life, I'm telling you at least part of it, he wants to mingle himself with you. Therefore, in order to work this out, God will place you in those situations that He considers most likely to advance the mingling. So I'm referring to married life again. And a fresh blessing might as well come forth. Why not? The blessings are unlimited. The best married life is married life in the mingling. The mingling. It's divinely human and humanly divine. Surely the best employee is someone who does her job at the highest level to earn the respect of the superiors, but at the same time is carrying out the job mingled with God. So something more than human is there. There's something divinely human, So the body of Christ is the enlargement of Christ as the mingling of God and man. So A says, we need to understand the body of Christ from the perspective of the mingling of God and man. See, when I was 19... I loved and I really thought I would marry this young lady named Sharon. But God, in his sovereignty and in his foreknowledge, realized that would have been an incredible disaster. So he gave me an Awi, or let me have an Awi. And then I met someone else. In 1963 definitely love that second sight. And from 1963 to 2016, fifty-three years, I can say, what a mingling. What a mingling you accomplished through this particular relationship. So I have no idea what the will of God is for your life, but his will is, and his determination is, to bring you thoroughly into mingling. And we need to understand, as we're trying to do now, the body from this perspective. The body is the corporate mingling of God and man. That's the body. The more you're mingled together, the more you are in the reality of the body. Okay, I will tell you the brotherly story. Told this many times, if you heard it before. I don't think it will be painful. You'll just know the conclusion. The year is 1968. And about 140 of us from North America are going to Taiwan for the first time. All of us are young, and we're young in the church life. So we were severely, sternly, and repeatedly admonished Don't do anything worldly. Don't bring anything worldly. Don't do anything worldly when you're there for these six weeks. So we we were serious and we were earnest and the last thing we wanted to be was worldly. So we went and one Lord's Day afternoon The saints in Taipei took us by bus to Keelung Harbor just to be outdoors. And we noticed there were vendors selling bags of seashells. And I myself wanted to buy a bag of seashells. And so did others, but we are whispering worldly, worldly. (laughs) We didn't come to Taiwan, for seashells. We're here for God's purpose. Worldly. So, at least I religiously suppressed my inclination to buy seashells and I was not worldly. Okay, this happened now 48 years ago. I can close my eyes. I'm walking about 15 feet behind Brother Lee. He's not moving his arms as he's walking because in each hand he has two bags of (laughs) seashells. So either Brother Lee is worldly or I'm just downright religious. Religious. So the body of Christ is also the new man. They're synonymous terms. And in the body, Christ is living again. The kind of life he lived in Luke. Divinely human, humanly divine, effortlessly. Now, B says, in the Gospels, the mingling of God and man produced the head. In Acts, the enlargement of the mingling of God and man produced the body of Christ. This is an excellent summary of the truth. So at the end of the Gospels, you have the glorified God-man mingled with God. Now, in Acts, the enlargement of this mingling began and still continues. See, in Ephesians 4 4 through 6, four persons, the body, the spirit, the Lord, and God the Father, are actively mingled together. Now let me be precise, and I hope you will listen carefully. The triune Godhead never changes. Three in one. But in God's economy, we're involved with a four in one organism. The body is not brought into the Godhead. But in God's economy, the triune God is united and mingled with the body. So we are right now participating in a four-in-one organic entity. Spirit, Lord, Father, body. Mingled together. The Father is embodied in the Son, The Son is realized as the Spirit, and the Spirit is mingled with the believers. This mingling is the constitution of the body of Christ. So there are two things that we can do on a daily basis as they come to mind. We may pray that we will spend a little more time today in the mingled spirit. And we may also pray that today will be a day of mingling. So that when you put your head on your, your pillow, whether it's a my pillow or whatever other pillow it is, You may have the sense sometime at 10.30. There's more mingling in me than there was at 6.30 this morning. 16 hours of mingling. Well, what do you think would be the difference at the end of a year? If you simply allowed the Spirit to mingle with you In every situation, you don't try to change yourself. You don't try to improve. If you have a shortage, you realize, that doesn't mean I should be better. It means I need more God. So we have this aspiration, Lord, mingle yourself with me. With my whole being, mingle yourself. The accumulation of this will be quite wonderful. D, the processed and consummated triune God mingles himself with their chosen people in their humanity. And the mingling is the genuine oneness of the body of Christ. So I emphasize two things here. It's a mingling with humanity. So the outcome of the mingling will be very normal. And the second matter, this mingling itself is the oneness. But regarding the first point, I want to comment on something. Because this actually happened. And it took over a church. Not entirely... But to a very great extent. It was in the US where these things are prone to happen. And one brother uh, in the lead overshadowed the church with his kind of personality. Wouldn't say he was controlling but he just overshadowed the church. So I'll say something about that. Then his wife assumed the position, what, of a queen or whatever. She had her own influence. During one semiannual training, when the trainings were 10 days long, three messages per day, Brother Lee would test churches. So we called on this church. They gave a very lively, apparently quite good test. Then Brother Lee stood up. He said only one thing. He said, all of you are exactly the same as Brother so-and-so. All the brothers. They had the same kind of cardigan sweaters. Same kind of hairstyle. Same kind of gesture. There was that. But the sister had her own following. And her followers thought she was just a high point, the epitome of spirituality. And when she prayed... She would have an unusual accent and you're praying. Lord Jesus, I'm praying now. And then you've got dozens of sisters praying like this all the time. And what you have in a church is not the reproduction of Christ, but a reproduction of a brother on the brother's side, and of the sister on the sister's side, and especially on the sister's side. You cannot avoid saying, that is plain weird. That is really strange. But sometimes, dear saints, they pick up goofy concepts now, this sister has grown out of it, but she felt it was natural to answer the phone the way we usually answer the phone. So if she had picked up the phone, she would say something like this, "'Praise the process and consummated triune God.'" who is being mingled with us to bring forth the divine human incorporation, which today is the body of Christ, will be the kingdom, and then consummate in the new Jerusalem, in the new heaven, in the new earth. Hello. (laughs) Well, I had occasion, when I was serving with Brother Lee, to call him, and I hope you're not shocked, when he came to the phone, he just said, Hello. So human. So let's not repeat history. We already had our kind of um, eccentric episodes. To be mingled with the triune God makes you pleasantly human it doesn't make you odd or peculiar or strange. It just makes you a normal, divine human being. Then this mingling itself is the oneness. The church is the body of Christ, is a group of people who allow God to be mingled with them and who are mingled with God. What word strikes you in this sentence? The word that strikes me is allow. Allow God. You see, God operates by certain principles. And one of these principles is, when we are passive, he does not move. He did not create robots. He created beings who have a will to make decisions and to decide yes or to decide no. For that reason, from the very outset, man had to choose between the trees. There were two sources, and the man had a will to choose. When we are passive in spiritual things, the Lord can do nothing and does nothing. But that is when the enemy is most active. Because when we are passive, he will just do whatever we can until we react. But we may illustrate from the well-known verse in Revelation 3, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door... I will come in. So the Lord is not just going to mingle with you. He's not just going to blend with you. If you're passive, then he'll have to act to, mo- to motivate you. So the word allow indicates an active function of our will. It's parallel to the two lets in Colossians 3. Let the peace of Christ arbitrate in your hearts. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. So we need to take some action to indicate to the Lord, Lord, I want you to mingle yourself with me. And I choose to give you the opportunity. So here is... A crucial point, you determine how much ground the Lord will gain in you during your lifetime. In this sense, that if you are passive, he will do nothing. And if you don't allow him, he will do nothing until he works on you and you decide to change your mind. So the peace of Christ may arbitrate in Sister A. Because she lets it. She has the same feelings as Sister B. But she lets the peace of Christ rule in her heart. And so that peace subdues everything else and makes known what is the Lord's intention. If Sister B... Stays in her feelings. She's angry. She's hurt. She's been offended. Whatever. She stays there. And her will is set to stay there. Then there's no way she can let the peace of Christ arbitrate in her heart. At least for a period of time, she doesn't want that to happen. Because she enjoys having these feelings. There has to be some benefit. Otherwise, why would you hold on to them? So this becomes a pattern for both A and B for 10 years. After a 10-year period, there's going to be a huge difference in the growth in life between A and B. All because... Of letting. They're the same. One is not better than the other. They have the same kind of feeling in their natural life. Except one will let the Lord. Lord, I will let you in. I will let you subdue me. I give way to the peace. So the principle is the same with allowing God to be mingled with us. And many things that happen to us under the discipline of the Spirit, they're not punishment, but it's a kind of discipline directed at our will. So we finally say, okay, Lord, I will let you have your way. Because the Lord will not override Your will. So we have a responsibility here. It's not a heavy one, it's just allowing the Lord. When you pray, Ephesians 3, Lord, make your home in my heart, you are surely allowing Him. You can do it while you're shaving, you can do it in the shower. I pray some of my better prayers in the shower, you can do it while you're driving. Lord, today, I let you in. I let you mingle yourself with me. Well, the Lord wants a group of people who allow God to do this. And that's the body. F, the reality of the body of Christ is a living by the God-men who are united, mingled, and constituted together with God By the mingling of humanity with divinity and divinity with humanity. So now there are a group of people who are learning to live the God man life, and that corporate God man living in the mingling is the reality of the body. Now, point three is even stronger. The body of Christ is absolutely a matter in the mingled spirit. This is where it is. The spirit, the divine spirit, is the essence and reality of the body. This spirit as the reality of the body, is now mingled with your regenerated spirit, making your mingled spirit, part of the reality of the body. Thus to be in the reality of the body of Christ is to live in the mingled spirit. Here I'd like to make a distinction related to the actuality of our daily life. I believe the distinction is valid and it's not theoretical. There is a big difference between loving the Lord, being consecrated to the Lord, wanting to be in the Spirit, and having failures. Various kinds. There's a big difference between that and having two lives. Some of us know of a situation. It has to be covered, because love covers. And no one here has any knowledge at all, no one, about the matter. So it's just a general illustration of someone who for more than 30 years actively, willfully lived two totally different lives. One wholly given, apparently, to the Lord in his recovery. The other, it couldn't have been more contrary. And this person lived both lives until his being could no longer bear it. It was just a collapse. This is not, this is a rare situation. I I believe it's our intention, all of us, to have one life and one living. We want to be at home, what we are, with the saints. So making mistakes and having failures, that's altogether different from being Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. The Lord wants a group of people that have one life and one living Every part of their human living is part of the body life because every part of their human living is in the mingled spirit. You're one of these pneumatic moms. I don't know what the recent titles in the Curious George. You know, decades ago, Curious George flies a kite. Now, Curious George does a Google search. I don't know what it is. But your child wants you to read a book again. You've read it 37 times. You would like adult conversation. If you're going to read, you'd like to read War and Peace or something Now you're reading Curious George again. And so you willfully skip a page. You ever done this? And then the kid says, you skipped a page. Because she's memorized the whole book. Because it's not about reading a book. It's about being with you. Don't you think it would make a difference? If a pneumatic mom read, Curious George does this or that for the 38th time, in the mingled spirit. Do you realize your spirit is life? That's Romans 8.10. The spirit is life. So when you exercise the spirit, you can say hi to someone and they get life. So what the Lord wants is a group of people living in the mingled spirit. That's Romans 8.4. Walk according to spirit. The union of God and man is a union of the two spirits. The spirit of God and the spirit of man. The union of these two spirits is the deepest mystery in the Bible. Oh, if we would see this. That we're involved in the deepest mystery. That in the center of our being lies the mingled spirit. Be the focus of God's economy is the mingled spirit, the divine spirit mingled with the human spirit. Whatever God intends to do or accomplish is related to this focus. Here is how the Lord generally, generally guides us. He always begins from our spirit, from the mingled spirit to impart a sense to the intuition of our spirit. And then the fellowship function of our spirit enters in. But we cannot have any understanding at this point. We just sense there's something going on deep within us. We may or may not related to this or that situation. So what needs to happen is what is in the mingled spirit needs to emerge into our consciousness through a mind set on the spirit. The mind and the spirit then work together. The mind is not the source. The mind is the instrument used by the spirit to understand what the spirit is doing. depending on our temperament or our makeup, it may not be very easy for the sense in the spirit to get through all the parts of our soul. Especially if what the spirit is doing is contrary to certain preferences or certain concepts. But the point is, whatever God intends to do or accomplish is related to the mingled spirit. It could be a spiritual matter, like moving to Germany to participate in the Lord's move. You get earlier retirement, you and your wife, you go as parents. It could be a matter like whether or not you'll go to the training. I I know many, many cases. This is how God begins the courtship he wants you to have. He has an intention. He wants to accomplish something very sweet. He puts it into your spirit. You know, something is going on. So we need to exercise the mingled spirit and open our being to our mingled spirit and to ask the Lord, Lord, please show me what you're trying to do. Please show me. Then eventually it will emerge and you may say, Amen, this is wonderful. Or you may say, Oh, no? So you wrestle for a few hours until you're defeated, and then you say, belatedly, this is really wonderful. This is how he works. He doesn't work by sending sudden thoughts into your head. Don't trust that. He doesn't work just by suddenly you have an emotional feeling. Don't trust that. Trust what emerges from the mingled spirit and open to whatever the Lord is now wanting to do in you through the mingled spirit. Now we finish up. The implications of 1 Corinthians 6.17 are marvelous and far-reaching. To be one spirit with the Lord implies that we are in him and that he is in us he we and he have been organically mingled blended to become one in life we and Christ are one wonderful living entity we the complete and entire person our entire being and the lord are one spirit let's be very exact first Corinthians 6:17 he who is joined to the Lord is one spirit. The person, the whole person is joined to the Lord to be one. This is the deepest harmony in your being. When based upon the mingled spirit, you, the person, are joined to the Lord's spirit. And now your whole being is lined up with him. You're fully at peace. It's not just... In the spirit, I'm joined to you. The rest of me is at odds with you. Lord, I'm joined to you. And now I am one spirit with you. Then the rivers flow. Wonderful. D, to be proper Christians, we must know that the Lord Jesus today as the embodiment of the triune God, is the Spirit indwelling our spirit, and is mingled with our spirit as one spirit. Now, probably, for quite a period of time, you have believed this. But that's not what the point is saying. We must know that the Lord is the Spirit. So I'm not interrogating you, I'm asking you with affection, do you know that the resurrected Christ is the life-giving spirit? Or do you simply believe this? It's not wrong to believe it. Suppose I were to ask my brother David, are you married and he says, um, "I believe I'm married." <laughs> I do think there would be an animated conversation to follow. You just don't believe that. You know that. In John fourteen twenty, the Lord said, "In that day," Lord said, "In that day." you will know that I am in the Father, you in me, and I in you. So we need to go from believing the teaching to knowing inwardly. I can tell you, I know that Christ is the life-giving Spirit. You need to know this. And we need to know that he is indwelling our spirit and we need to know that he is mingled with our spirit as one spirit. To believe this is good. It's a central teaching among us. Why on earth, even if someone is a Catholic, why would you go to a priest to get marital advice Wouldn't you want the counsel of someone who knows marriage? Not even give you a theology about it. So we all need to make a transition from believing to knowing, to knowing that right now the Lord's spirit is mingled with your spirit. And no matter what happens, he'll never unmingle that. He's not going anywhere. Then the last point, all genuine spiritual experiences are in the mingled spirit. So we pause here. I think we make a kind of good landing. We all land at the same point on the mingled spirit. We all got one. Now we need to know we got one and learn to live here like forever and ever. Amen.